With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Boyd Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon, Ken Miller. We're Miller and Condon. We're with you until the top of the hour. Coming up, we will get into Iowa and Iowa State. John Bowenkamp on the Hawks, the voice of the Cyclones. Uh, John Walters on Iowa State still to come. Right now, Bill Bender from the Sporting News joins the program as we go around college football. How are you, Bill? I'm doing well, Ken. Thanks for having me on. No, listen, we appreciate you coming on. So let's go back to Tuesday night. We had to wait for it a little longer than normal in the halftime of the basketball uh, game. But um, when we did see it, were you surprised? I guess the biggest talker, right, was Michigan, Michigan State. Oregon beat Ohio State, so therefore they're three, Ohio State's four. Michigan lost to Michigan State, but they're six, and Michigan State is seven, and that game was played less than two weeks ago. That surprised me, Bill. How about you? Yeah, but, you know, so what phrase do you hear the most now? It's going to work itself out. Right. Right? Yeah. What if it doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what if there's so many what ifs of the yeah. what if it doesn't? To me, they set a dangerous precedent by putting Michigan State behind Michigan. Because, you know, who's to say they won't do the same thing later with Ohio State and Oregon? Um, they could just say Ohio State's the more complete team. Mm-hmm. And I'm still on the Oklahoma's rank too low train mm-hmm. and maybe that maybe it does quote unquote work itself out but nine and 0 being number eight with where oklahoma is right now i think that's a little low there's plenty to go around but the cincinnati i don't know the, the back and forth that has been out there the path seems pretty simple at this point obviously 13 and 0 is the first part of it but it feels like the path better shot than not that cincinnati's in the college football playoff let's play it that way do you think that they're in better shot or that they'll be on the outside looking in? They need things to happen. They need Alabama to lose. Yep. They need Oregon to lose. They probably need, and I think I worked this out in my head, where they probably need Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State to lose twice, have two losses. I guess it's possible because how, how did I figure this out in my head? So if <laughs> Michigan beats Ohio State, Penn State beats Michigan, and Ohio State beats Michigan State. All things that I suppose could happen, mm-hmm. then the Big Ten's a complete mess, and you'd have an excuse to bump Cincinnati up. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating, man. I think at 13-0, and it just seems like there's more buzz, there's more uh, this is the time we've got to do this. The committee has to do the, air quote, right thing this year and let them in if they're if they're unbeaten. Uh, it's going to work itself out, Bill Bender. We'll, we'll put it at that. How about Oklahoma State? They're sitting there at 10. Conceivably, they could get Oklahoma in back-to-back weeks. And if they do, 
and we don't know what's going to happen above them. A one-loss Oklahoma State team, I think they could get close. I don't think that they can get in. Do you? I think about the same. And then look at that Iowa State loss, which they're going to regret later because that was the game they were in and yeah. could have easily won. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have good defense. They have a chance to continue that run this week against TCU. I think Bedlam's going to be crazy. But, again, it comes down to this head-to-head thing where let's say they split. It depends on how they split. We do this with the Big 12 every year, and we're like, okay, so which team's better? Yeah. <laughs> and that's going to put the committee – because the committee will pick Oklahoma. They'll, they'll just right. pick the, the bigger brand, which is what they've shown consistently what they're going to do. Great point. What if they split back-to-back? Mm-hmm. I mean, because they're playing back-to-back weeks. And depends on how that split kind of plays mm-hmm. out, too. That's also Point a factor. Point right? yeah. differential, yeah. I mean, you kind of get into that part of it, too. And, well, one team will have two losses. That would be Oklahoma State that are out. Oklahoma, would it be enough if they get a rematch? Just There's so many elements here. There's so much out there. I brought up the Auburn path a week ago. Now Texas A&M has a path. They need help. They need Auburn to beat Alabama. Two-loss A&M with the win against Alabama to be a win against Georgia. Mm. How good would the resume be for the Aggies? I mean, they they would have a chance. I think they're the only two-loss team that has a chance. And I know that's going to sound like SEC bias, but let's say Alabama loses the Iron Bowl, and then Texas A&M has head-to-head wins against Alabama, mm-hmm. Auburn, they uh, and then they beat Georgia somehow, which I don't think will happen. But you never know. Um, would the committee forgive one-score losses to Arkansas and Mississippi State? Maybe. Mm-hmm. It's another team that's probably kicking themselves because they're actually well, and some of it's not all their fault. But they had they did have a big quarterback injury early in the season. Jimbo's got a good, he's done a good job there. People get on him all the time. I think he's done a fantastic job so far. Will he be doing that in Baton Rouge next year? <laughs> uh, yeah, to ask that one. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't think so. But I mean, the ties are there. Money always talks. Yeah, they can yeah. come up with something. It is easier to win a national championship at LSU than it is at Texas A&M in theory. Um, Texas A&M, could, you know, with the pending moves that are going to happen in the SEC, it, it might be a little harder with Oklahoma and Texas coming in. So, I mean, he'll weigh all those, but I still think he'll be the coach of Texas A&M. So, uh, speaking of coaching changes, Nebraska does not make one. We talked earlier to Stephen M. Simple, the beat reporter and columnist for the Lincoln Journal Star. Your perspective Nebraska, what they're doing doesn't make sense, and can it work? Because rarely does something like this work, keeping a guy going into year five that's never had a winning record. I agree with whatever Steve said, because he's <laughs> covering Nebraska. So I don't know what Steve said, but I, I, he, he's one of my favorites. Um, so, I mean, they're going to have to win games at some point. They, they've shown they can compete with top ten teams. They, you know, I, as I wrote for us the other day, what if that ball bounces the other way and a Nebraska guy picks it up and they beat Ohio State last week? Mm. Would we think differently? We probably would think a lot differently because it would be a huge win for the program. Um, I also think it's very similar to what Michigan did where, hey, mm-hmm. fire Frost, but I don't know that anybody's in a rush to take that job right now. I never thought about that uh, angle, angle of things. I- interesting point. Let's talk about two of the bigger games, uh, a Big Ten and a Big 12 tilt. We'll start in the uh, in the Big 12. Oklahoma and Baylor. 
I'm not convinced that Oklahoma is as scary as some think that they are. Now, Williams is a different maker. Hard to believe that Oklahoma, in the middle of the season, got an upgraded quarterback from the kid who was the consensus first quarterback taken in next year's draft. At least he was preseason, uh, and and it's clearly a quarterback upgrade. Would you be? Would you fall off your chair if Baylor beats Oklahoma and sends them or knocks them out of the ranks of the unbeaten? No, but I mean just going to be one of those Big 12 games. I mean, Baylor's going to cause them some issues because they run the football well. Their quarterback, I mean, he's going to, Bohannon will be able to make some plays and play action or off RPOs, and they, and Oklahoma's defense remains the the sore thumb, so to speak. We always have to talk about their defense. Now, their offense since took over more than 500 yards every game, except the Kansas game, on a point. Second road start, I think he'll be more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I like their offense as much as any offense right now. So I'm still going to take the Sooners to win that game. Going with that one, uh, all right, you're a Big Ten guy. You are having to watch Minnesota-Iowa. It's not going to be exactly offensive football that you're excited about. But Bill Bender, Mr. Big Ten, is this the best trophy, at the very least, in the Big Ten, the battle for Floyd or Rosedale? I did a list of them. So my my three personal favorites, that's one of the three favorites, the Floyd. I mean, anytime you're playing for that. <laughs> I like the axe a Me little too. bit more. Okay. I, I think the axe is unbelievable. Yep. Um, you know, and that somebody hasn't actually got hurt with the axe is <laughs> kind of remarkable. Yeah. Um, I'm still partial to the little brown jug uh-huh. because it's so unique. It's such a weird trophy um, having that jug of water that um, Minnesota and Michigan play for. And then uh, for, for those, if you want to go really deep, the Illabuck, the turtle that yes. Illinois uh, and Ohio State play for. I don't think Illinois had that in years, but uh, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a turtle. It, it's really cool. And all those trophies have cool backstories. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, Michigan and Penn State collide. We've seen Penn State. They gave, they gave the Buckeyes uh, trouble. Michigan, I'm, I still don't know what to make of them, Bill. I, I think Penn State can win this football game. Do you? I toss, it's literally a coin flip game because you're dealing with two top 10 defenses. This is Michigan's chance to kind of, okay, so the committee likes you. And if you went out, you know, you're going to the playoff and you had your, your hiccup against Michigan State, it's their chance. I, I, Penn State's running game, if they had a better running game, I'd really like them in this game. But their running game's so bad. Mm-hmm. I think Michigan's defense is going to play well. It reminds me of when these teams played in 2015. And I think Michigan's going to get out of there with a win as long as Cade McNamara doesn't make the big mistake. It's a big if. It's a big if that's going to happen. So as we get ready for all this gauntlet for everybody in the Big Ten East going up against each other. I love that it's backloaded. Yeah, it, it will play itself out. And here's plucky little Wisconsin figuring things out, getting the ball out of Mertz's hand, and that defense is still at an elite level. Whoever emerges for the East, how excited are you going to be seeing that Wisconsin team waiting, knowing that you're going to have to beat that Badger team to get to the college football playoff? Well, and, and this is the thing of you know football in general. So Wisconsin doesn't really have a bad loss on their schedule. Hmm. You know they've lost to Michigan, Notre Dame, Penn State on the first game. I mean those are all quality opponents, and they're playing really good ball right now. We do our upset picks every week at Sporting News, and you can take some shots if you want. <laughs> I took a shot on Northwestern knowing it's not going to happen, 
but you get 24 and a half points if they do. And they've played some close games with Northwestern. So last week proved with Minnesota and Illinois that you really can't predict the Big Ten West from week to week. And, uh, I think the Wildcats might hang around with them a little bit. Now, you guys can laugh at me when it doesn't happen. <laughs> well, look, the the Hawks had them. Uh, what beat them by five last week? It's it's it was uh, it was hard to watch. Maybe not as hard to watch as Illinois and Minnesota was. That was difficult as well. How about tonight, Billy? You, you have an opinion on this game? I think I'm going to spend more time uh, in the Coastal Division of the ACC with Pittsburgh and North Carolina than I am on Miami and the Ravens this week. This kind of uh, this is a sneaky good game. Do you see it that way? Yeah, I think they're both going to score a bunch of points. I always like watching Sam Howell play and Kenny Pickett. Um, Pitt's got everything in front of them in terms of an ACC championship, and, and North Carolina was supposed to be that team early in the season, but I like how the Tar Heels played. Tar Heels have figured out some things with their offense, and they showed that against Wake. So it'll get up and down. That should be a good way to start the week, and uh never know. I mean, there's not a lot of – we were talking about upsets. This could be the first one, huh? Wouldn't be surprised if UNC pulled that one out. Bill Bender from the Sporting News, sportingnews.com, for our friend Bill Bender who covers college football. Thank you, Bill. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bill Bender from the Sporting News, again, sportingnews.com. You don't have an opinion for your picks on this game, the, the ACC tilt tonight, or do you? No. It's the A lot ACC. of points. 71 is the number, 72. No, no thanks. All right. It's the ACC. Uh, he just can't stand that call. I, it's not good. It's well, not here's the thing. I, we were both on the fact that it's not Clemson's not going to get there. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought it was going to be North Carolina. I was NC State. Yeah. I still have and hope. And NC State's got had to put together a really good year for and them. They got Wake Forest this, this weekend. This is a big spot. Yeah. Huge spot. I got them to win the division and to win the conference. So, yes, I'll be rooting for NC State, but I just... I don't know. There's something about the conference. It just it's all middling. Mm-hmm. We've had the coastal and the Atlantic now for almost 15 years, and I still don't know who's in what. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. No, you're right. Lots of water foot. What division is Wake Forest in? The Atla- uh, the Atlantic. Are you sure? You don't sound sure. I'm sure. You're sure. Yes. How about North Carolina? The coastal. I'll believe you because I have no clue. I have absolutely no clue. Now let's go to the scoreboard. Yes. Uh, hang on a second. Let me get it in front of me here. Let me get it. I, I, I got North Carolina right. I'm positive I got North Carolina. Okay, you know right. I got that North one. Carolina in the car. Yeah, I got them both. You I got went two right. How about that? That gets you a free, flaunting my ACC. Gets you a free bet at the Conda Casino. I might take you up on that. Do I have to use it tonight on the ACC? Oh, I was going to tell you, I was going to bet the Jets over the Sharks. Uh, time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword green to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000 green to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Coming up on 1120, time to play the hits. John Bowenkamp on Iowa. John Walters on Iowa State. Miller and Condon till noon. Trent's play of the day. Coming up, sponsored by Circus Sports at about 11.50. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Casts you love. Guys, are you looking for an excuse to watch football all weekend long? Then schedule your vasectomy with the Urology Center of Iowa. The Urology Center of Iowa offers nitrous during your vasectomy, cutting-edge technology to help you relax during your procedure. Make the call to 515 400 3550. That's 400 3550 or online at iowauro.com.
vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. And tell them you heard it on Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Do you remember the time that Michael Jordan won the first of his 3 P championships? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolfus, but you can rent it. High school sports fans, having trouble finding apparel that properly highlights your fandom and school spirit? Then you should check out the Norwalk Shop, located in Norwalk, Iowa. We've been in business for over five years, supporting high schools and small businesses across the state of Iowa with affordable custom apparel. Have a small job that requires embroidery? We can do that too, and cheaper than anyone in the area with just a $12 setup fee. Check us out on Facebook or stop into 810 Main Street in Norwalk and let us know how we can help you out. The Norwalk Shop, onward. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-PC and unaffiliated company. It's time for the Urology Center of Iowa audio cut of the day. Four now. As Northern Illinois is out of timeouts, Lombardi, he's going to take a deep shot down the middle, has a man, it is Tucker, he's got it, touchdown. Oh my, Rocky Lombardi, 58 yards to Tucker. Set up your vasectomy appointment with the Urology Center of Iowa at 515-400-3550 or iowauro.com. That's the play I was talking about when we first yeah. came on the air here this morning. Kid was wide open. Hit him Rocky in throws a touchdown. He's looked good for NIU. Yeah, not bad, right? Good spot for him. Good and way to finish your career. Yeah, absolutely. Good to see that for the former Valley product. Indeed. And saw his brother, uh, still an offensive lineman out at Army. Doesn't play a whole lot, but he, remember he was a quarterback and a tight end when he was in high school. Don't now he's that. an offensive lineman. Wow, how about that? Um, good stuff. Well, let's get John Bowen Camp in here. We'll talk some Iowa basketball, some Iowa football. They've got Kansas tomorrow. What? No, Kansas City. Pay oh, your pardon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Ruse. The Ruse. Uh, the Summit League. Uh, we asked you a little bit of a little bit of a, a downgrade from the Jayhawks, but nonetheless, uh, you know what, John? Good to talk with you as always. Football in a second. Sure. My biggest take, at least from the one game that we saw them, the forty minutes we saw them on the floor on Tuesday night, looks like they're going to be a fun team to watch, and in your case, cover. Yeah, I think I think they are going to be a lot of fun, and 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 I, you know, I, I've always said that fans need to be patient with this group. I mean, I, I think everybody is still used to last year when you've got Luca Garza and Joe Wee's camp, and you know, you've got all that going on. But the fact of the matter is, this is a team that I think is going to going to grow together as the season goes along, and I think they've got a good chemistry right now. Um, you know, and so I, I think this is a team that I think people will like. I mean, I, I think it's a team that that, that, that runs. You know, can shoot the ball well. I mean, can do some different things, and they played good defense the other night too, which is something mm-hmm. that you know people always have kind of criticized Fran McCaffrey for. So I, I think this could be a fun season. I don't know where it ends up, but I think you're going to see 
a lot of this group kind of really come together here in the next few weeks. And, and I, I think it's going to be an interesting team to watch. Interesting, fun, up and down the floor. And the concern, I guess, is defense, yeah, they should be better. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be much worse than they've been the last few seasons. But defense are rebounding. Rebracha, he's not a real center. He, he's a, certainly in the right. Big Ten. He's a power forward mm-hmm. that's masquerading right. in that level, too. So defensive rebounding, defense overall, a little bit of a concern there. And the other part, boy, the Big Ten. It is really, really good, it looks like. Again, this season, you get to 500, get to 10 and 10, you got a shot. Can this team do that? Is that a realistic goal? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I mean, again, so a lot of things have to come together. I mean, I think, I think you have to see a lot of pieces kind of click into place. And I've been saying that all along. I mean, you, you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, Keegan Murray's role is going to improve and he's really good. So I think that's not going to be an issue. You're going to see Patrick McCaffrey doing some more things. Okay, how can he handle 25, 30 minutes a night? There's, just, there's a lot of little intangibles here that if it all comes together, yeah, I think this is the team to do it. But, again, you're right. That, that league is so strong. And, I mean, you look at it, they open up right off the bat with, at Purdue and at home against Illinois. Mm. And it's like, so you could be in an 0-2 Big Ten hole in early December, but, you know, you're still you're going to play some good basketball, but you're going to, you know, just run up against teams that – are just a little more experienced and then a little better than you are. So, um, like I said, I don't know where this all ends up this year, but I think this is a team that's really going to get better as it goes along, and I think you're going to see that when you get into Big Ten play. Uh, your, your uh, I guess, report card, for lack of a better word, on, on Mulvey and Sanford and, and their first appearance as Hawks. I'm a big Peyton Sanford fan, and I, I think everybody kind of kind of overlooked him this year but i mean you can see that you can see that he's got the ability there now it's just ability now it's just a case of you know can it transfer to you know the next level and and, and what can he do and again i think he's a player that, that the more he plays the better he's gonna get uh with riley Moby, I, I think it's just a strength thing i yeah. mean he's a you know he's a big kid he can he can you know he's he's, he's got a lot of length to him it's just a matter of can he withstand that night in night out you know, knocking around in, in, in Big Ten play. And so, again, we we seem to forget, you know, he's right now he's a freshman college, but in reality he's right. a high school senior. Yeah. And so um, it's just a matter of getting him stronger, getting, you know, getting him in that position where he could give you, you know, eight to ten minutes a night of, of really good basketball. And so, again, I think both of those guys are going to grow as years go on. But like I said, I've been a big Peyton Sanford fan from the beginning, and I think people – Kind of forgotten about him, but I think he's, I think he's I think he's an excellent player for what, their system, especially what, what we saw from Joe Tucson. Great game, but mm-hmm. in the exhibition game, it was a lot of the same. Joe Tucson, you know, careless turnovers, some mm-hmm. decisions that leave you scratching your head. What kind of Joe Tucson are we going to get this year? And how close do you think is the gap between him and Ulysses in that point guard spot? I think I think it's I think they're they're really similar, and I mean I think it's, I don't think there's much of a gap between the two. Um, he looked a lot better the other night. Like you said, in the exhibition game, he kind of looked like he had in the past where he's trying to force things. The other night, he was really good defensively early, and I think that kind of settled him down on the offensive end. So, I mean, he was doing things, you know, he's doing good things at both ends. You know, hit, hit a three-pointer. I mean, again, if he can if he can hit an outside shot, you know, continue to do that, continue to get better at that, that makes him a really tough player to defend. Um, but, but I do think Aaron Ulis has really kind of stepped up his game and so I think you can play both of them about the same amount of minutes every night. You're not going to get a whole lot of drop off. Uh, let's switch to football if you're ready, Trent. Uh, sure. do, do you still have the Trent? Do you still have the quote from uh, the radio show from last night? I want to ask John. 
his take on and Ferentz and his. I don't know if you heard it. Or you saw it on Twitter, John, when he was asked about the quarterback. Trent, you still have that? Yeah, he uh, was talking about Spencer Petras getting healthier, and uh, was talked about right now. If there is a decision, don't think he's ready to go. But quote: Nothing is written in permanent ink. Right. Does that mean the door is open? Petras coming back if healthy. That he trots out there, if not Saturday, maybe the following week. Probably. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I just, I, I, again, a lot depends on on, on how Alex Padilla plays on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And you know, the difference now as compared to a week ago is okay. Alex Padilla has played a game. You now mm-hmm. know what he can do. I mean, mm-hmm. Kirk even said that earlier in the week. You know, now they know a lot more about him. Um, but. You know, there, there's there's a lot of things at play here, and, and one of them is, does a guy lose his position because he got hurt? And that's one of those things that I think coaches always kind of wrestle with. And, you know, I do think this is a situation going forward where maybe there's going to be a game, you know, in one of these last two games, you might see both of them play. You never know. And so, um, you know, I mean, anything's possible. I, I just don't think Petrus plays this week. If he didn't practice, at the beginning of the week, I, I just I can't see him playing at all on Saturday. But if he's better, you know, and you know, again, a lot depends on what Alex Padilla does this weekend. But I, I think it's it's just kind of a, a, a fluid thing moving forward. I don't think it's cut and dried that the position has shifted, and this is the way it's going to be for the rest of the year. The Gophers, what concerns you? What think you, uh, Iowa has a chance at success? Look at the game, break us down. Iowa versus Minnesota. What do you see? I think, you know, it's, it's funny listening to the defensive linemen talk on Tuesday about the size of Minnesota's yeah. offensive linemen, and then I kind of pieced it out yesterday, and I'm like, and, and I just keep thinking what Joe Evans said, they've got some big boys on that line, and they do. <laughs> That's going to be the big thing for me, is if if they can handle that size up front, you know, Iowa's defensive line played really well against Northwestern, and, and, and I mean, if they can kind of handle that size and, and, and keep them from getting things going and controlling the ball, I think Iowa wins this game easily, but if, if, if they control the ball and, and move it the way they, they've been able to kind of here in the past, um, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a difficult game on Saturday, but I think that's, that's the biggest thing for me is, is how, how Minnesota's offensive line is handled and how Iowa's offensive line plays. I mean, they're going to have to run the ball too. They're going to have to do some different things. So you're not, forced into a lot of passing situations and that sort of thing. So really, to me, up front is where this game's going to be decided. No doubt. And and, and uh, the kid across from Evans is that uh, his last name starts with F, the right tackle. He's 6'9", yeah. and 400 pounds. 6'9", 398. Yeah, unbelievable. Hey, John, last <laughs> thing in 20 seconds. John Walters on Iowa sure. State coming up. You're, you're a Dodger fan. I, I would love to see – I mean, I don't know if Kershaw wants to pitch anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And you love to see these guys that were so important to that franchise and the best pitcher of his generation when he was on top. Does he Does he come back? Does he move on? Does he retire? I think he comes back. I think they give him, I think they give him a short deal. I think he pitches maybe one or, you know, maybe two more years and then he's done. I mean, but I, but I think he's, I think they want him to come back. And, and I, it's just a matter of how healthy is. I think that's the biggest thing. And, and if he doesn't, I mean, the door is open, they said, you know, for him to come back. They want him back. I hope he does. He should finish with it as a Dodger. That's the way I look at it. Here, here. Love to see those stories. John Bowen Camp, Associated Press. John, thank you. Appreciate you coming on. 
Thanks for having me on. See yep. yep. Good to talk to you from John Bowen Camp to John Walters. He's been a busy guy. Sometime in, somehow in his free time, found a way to write a book, Size Perfect Day, the Iowa State Way. I know, John, you've been uh, hopping all around uh, to book signings. Uh, so let's, let's, I want to dig into this a little bit. When, when did this idea first pop into your head? Is this something that you've wanted to do for years, John? No, no, the, the idea never did pop into my head. Uh, the, the Oklahoma announcer, Toby Rowland, who does a great job, wrote a book about uh, the horses dreaming of growing up being the horse that gets to pull out the wagon, uh, yeah. and, uh, uh, the boomer schooner. And so the publisher asked if he knew of anybody else in the Big 12 that might be interested in writing a book. And for some reason, Toby recommended me. So the guy <laughs> called me. It, it, it was a great conversation. I gave it some thought, and I thought, yeah, why not? And so uh, it, it's been a really fun project to do. And if you guys are going to be by Everett's Flowers and Ames tonight at uh, 5 o'clock, <laughs> stop by, and, uh, and I'll sign a copy for you. So that's awesome. So, John, from the time you had that, uh, that, that first conversation to the time the book was published, uh, go, go through the timeline. I mean, it's got to be – how do you sit down and write a book? Well, I mean, it's a children's book. It, it, it wasn't War and Peace. It, it, you know, um, it, I'm just trying to get on the Ames Tribune bestseller list. I'm not concerned about New York Times. But I uh, literally, you know, I, I have a four-year-old grandson who I love to read to. And so I kind of thought, okay, what would he enjoy? And I also wanted to make it a tribute to the fans uh, for their loyalty and, and how they keep just coming back and kind of have the lesson of the story being, you know, no matter what goes wrong, this is still your team, and you got to stick with them. And so I think that's an important thing for kids to know. It's not always just going to be a win. It's not always going to be perfect. you got to deal with a little adversity. And so that's what the book's all about. We told it through the eyes of Cy. And mm-hmm. uh, it, I went, went for a walk and thought what I wanted to write about and then came home and wrote wow. it in about an hour. And uh then you know, then the editor got a hold of it, and so that <laughs> took a little while. But it's been it's been really fun, and I think the illustrator did a great job. So I, I think it's a cool Christmas gift if uh, people are looking for something for kids in that that range. Well, people can uh, find it all over the place. I've seen that in Amazon, is, Barnes and yeah, Noble, yeah, the standard yeah. kind of online uh, entities as well. So really cool, John, and really fun. Yeah, congratulations. I'll tell you though, yeah, I'm sorry. N- not going to give it to my son. <laughs> if you write an Iowa one, maybe that'll happen. But but for here now, Jack's probably not going to get his hands on that. John, I will tell you though, this Iowa State football team, it feels like some of the frustrations that have been there, it's building back up. And there's still a realistic path mm-hmm. for them to get to that championship game. It's a weird game this week with Texas Tech. They fired Matt Wells. They got their new coach now coming in. All those different things. But how about your read on Texas Tech and just this game? It just it feels out of place knowing what's coming the next couple of weeks for ISU. That's a really big game for these guys. You know, if they want to put themselves in a position where they are still competing to get in that Big 12 championship game, then they have to win this game. Um, but, you know, if they do, they go into Norman, Oklahoma, knowing they pretty much control their own destiny because mm-hmm. they, you know, if they beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, they would have the tiebreaker over each of those teams. So, you know, they'd be in a really good position if they were able to, to win these games. But um, it starts with the first one in Texas Tech. Iowa State has had their number. Matt Campbell has never lost to Texas Tech. In fact, it's mostly been double-digit wins. And, and it's really a complete flip of the way the series used to be. Texas Tech used to dominate Iowa State. Uh, they'd score about 41 points a game. I think they've scored 18 a game in the Matt Campbell era against Iowa State. So they've tightened the screws quite a bit defensively on them. And, 
Uh, and Brees Hall has run the ball really well against these guys. So those are the things I'm looking for. Can Iowa State go down there, play ball control, sustain a few drives, frustrate Texas Tech's offense by keeping them off the field, and, and finish a few of their own drives? I mean, I, I think those are the things they do well. And if they do those things well again this week, they should be in great shape. Hmm. We've certainly seen Jack Trice come to life a, a lot. And last Saturday night, John, did it seem like that this was a different level? A pound of flesh isn't the right word, but look, at uh, Texas is leaving the conference. And uh, it, it just seemed like Jack Trice was more revved up uh, than normal, if that's possible. Did it seem like that to you? It, it was revved up. Uh, it, you know, I would say the... The Xavier Hutchinson touchdown against Oklahoma State that was called back mm-hmm. uh, really ignited the crowd in that game, and then there was a really steady buzz the rest of that game where it just was at a, an amazing level. And I think when Brees Hall had his run early in the second half against Texas, it took it to that level again, and then it just stayed there because from that point on, Iowa State really dominated the football game, and it was just kind of a celebration of, hey, you're beating the, the team with all the bells and whistles and the you know the cool stuff and Anytime you beat Texas, it's a really big deal for Iowa State in any sport. But when you beat them three straight times in football, that is special. And so, you know, what Matt's done with this program and, you know, now trying to get Oklahoma again this year, and, you know, it's it's amazing. Uh, they can go toe-to-toe with these teams that they never used to be able to go toe-to-toe with consistently. And so uh, it, it's fun to see Iowa State's program reach that level. And I think more than a, hey, get out of here, Texas, it was more of a celebration of what Iowa State football has become. But, yeah, no doubt there were some signs and some chants and some <laughs> some things aimed toward Texas, and I'm sure they're used to that by now. But they might be coming back in a couple yeah, years. I wouldn't rule that out. Basketball to finish up with John Walters, the voice of Iowa State. Win on Tuesday night against Kennesaw State. A big one, though, tomorrow night. Oregon State, a team that played in the lead Eight last year. They come to town. No, they anticipate, hope, and have a good crowd on hand in Hilton. Your takeaway one game into this basketball squad that looks obviously completely different. Well, that's the thing. I really was impressed with TJ's team the other night. And now, was it aesthetically beautiful? No. There were a lot of turnovers. There were a lot of fouls. But, you know, it's a really fine line. He wants those guys being super aggressive defensively, and they were. And maybe just a hair too aggressive, you know, with the point where three guys fouled out. They're not a particularly deep team. But I think he's established something within these guys about the way they're going to play, which I I give him a ton of credit for doing in a short period of time. I thought offensively they were cutting, moving without the basketball, really active. And then anytime there was a loose ball, you saw an Iowa State guy diving on the floor for it. I loved it, man. I I thought it was awesome. Those are the things that create Hilton Magic. And I expect a big crowd on hand Friday night to to see this team because, you know, they're going to be in a lot of games if they keep doing those things. And – Talent-wise, no, they're, gonna, they're not going to match up with, with Texas and Kansas and Baylor, but uh, not this year anyway. But, you know, if they do those things that they did the other night against a Kennesaw State team with a lot of veteran guys that was playing super hard itself, I think they're going to be in a lot of games. Now, is that other team going to have another gear that they can take it to in the final five minutes to win some of those games? Probably. But I think on a few of those occasions, Iowa State's going to beat somebody that people said, they have no business beating. So I think this is going to be a really fun team to follow and cheer for because they play the right way. And the talent will catch up with that, but that's the most important thing this year is establish your style, say you know, say who we are and what we're going to be about, and take a lot of pride in wearing that jersey. And I saw a ton of that 
the other night. Yes, uh, certainly saw the uh, def- the effort on the defensive uh, end of the floor. It was a disjointed game. It had no flow with all the fouls and the turnovers, uh, as you mentioned. Hey, just real quick, John, uh, we have like thirty seconds left. Tyrese Hunter, he was one of the you know many that was in foul trouble, but boy, when he was on the floor, you could see why so many people are so excited about uh, his future. Absolutely, really good athlete, and uh, you know, for a, for a young guy, a freshman, he doesn't let things get under his skin. He just keeps playing. I thought he handled the situation really well when he got in foul trouble and he came back in at just under the eight minute mark and played pretty much the rest of the game without fouling out. He, you know, he's around a lot of older guys. And I think being around guys like Isaiah Brockington and Gabe Kalsher is really going to help Tyrese Hunter. But he's a very coachable young guy and a great athlete. If he had thrown down that alley oop dunk, the wind would have blown off the place. I'm so excited to see what he can do over the course of this season, especially if he could stay out of foul trouble. Author John Walters, size perfect day, joins the pro. Oh, he also does Iowa and Iowa, uh, Iowa State football and basketball, is what I meant to say. Uh, size perfect day. Where are you going to be at 5 o'clock? Uh, Everett's Flowers and Gifts and Names. Good so, stuff. Uh, you know, stop by and pick up your bouquet for your wife and then. Uh, and then buy a copy of the book. You'll the, be all set. The signal booms in Dames on 106.3. John Walters, thank you, John. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, Appreciate good to talk to you. John Walters, voice of the Cyclones. Trent's Play of the Day, Circus Sports Sponsors. It's next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. That's off. Family owned since 1970, Kemker's True Value and Rental helps you buy what you want and rent what you need. Get to work on that to-do list with help from Kemker's True Value and Rental. Kemker's has all your hardware needs, plus their rental catalog is perfect for do-it-yourselfers. With two Central Iowa locations to better serve you in Grimes and Huxley, make it Kemker's True Value and Rental. Find out what they can do for you at Kemker'sTrueValue.com. That's Kemker's True Today. Are you missing out on life's activities because of hip pain? Ask your orthopedic surgeon about anterior advantage hip replacement. To learn more, visit aahip.com. That's aahip.com. The performance of hip replacements depends on age, weight, activity level, and other factors. There are potential risks and recovery takes time. Only an orthopedic surgeon can tell you if hip replacement is right for you. To find an orthopedic surgeon in central Iowa that uses anterior advantage hip replacement, go to aah. Oh. Trent Condon here to tell you about Renestate, the new revenue rocket ship. Putting your home up for rent, not for sale. But why would you do that in a seller's market? Just do the math. Selling a home will catch you some cash once, while renting a home keeps that cash coming month after month after month. And because there are always renters, but not always buyers, Renestate is foolproof, recession-proof, and retirement plan positive. What's not to love? The hassles of being a landlord? For one monthly flat rate, Renner's Warehouse will take away the tedious tasks. Tend to your tenants, answer the 3 a.m. calls, market your property, and collect the rent. Make the savvy, long game, paradigm shift and choose Rent Estate with Renner's Warehouse. Get your free rental price analysis today. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com or call 515-528-4429. 515-528-4429. Because you can't buy happiness KXNO. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. This is an aside with Pitt and North Carolina playing tonight football-wise. Pickett quarterback, Hal uh, quarterback for the respective teams. Steelers, Raiders, Broncos, 
Eagles and Vikings sending their general managers, not the scouts, GMs. Think of this, what the ACC championship game could be in terms of quarterbacks with guys like that. Compared to the SEC championship game, that's going to be Stetson Bennett, <laughs> who has no shot no. of playing at no. the next level against... A freshman. No. Or ACC champion? No. Um, no, in the, in the SEC. Maybe. Because who comes out of the West? It could be... It's Alabama. That Auburn game. It's on the road. It is at Auburn, right? Where Alabama has had plenty of L's throughout the years. Zach Calzada for Stetson (laughs) Bennett. Yuck. Yeah, that is yuck. Uh, Trent. You you, talked me into it. You're playing football, aren't you? Give me Carolina in the points tonight. Six and a half. Against this crappy pit team, come I'm on! With, I'm with. There's going to be a lot of points scored. You're right. right. Maybe last touchdown wins. Uh, we shall see. So that's your only play. No, of course col- not. No, yeah, no, I was going to say. Right. We got to do more than that. We got a couple of college basketball games. We'll try to hand out two more winners. Arizona State. Well, you see Remy Martin at Kansas. Yeah, that's a pretty big blow. Who left Arizona yeah. State to go there? They're not very good. UC Riverside is one of the favorites in the Big West. I'm getting ten. Give me UC Riverside okay. and the points tonight at Arizona State. And the other one that's winking at me, South Dakota. The Coyotes are hosting Air Force. Air Force is terrible, too. Really, really bad. I'm going to lay the points here. Give me South Dakota laying a big number, 7.5. I'll lay it with the Coyotes tonight. <laughs> you love it, man. I do. I absolutely do. It's so great. It's just college basketball. And you and I tonight... Don't they bounce back? They have to bounce back. They have no choice but to bounce back. They're favored by six right now against Vermont. It'll be Vermont's first game. In fact, I saw in the game notes, Mm -hmm. the first game ever that Vermont has played in the state of Iowa will come in this one. I wish there was a total for green points tonight because whatever it is, he's going over. I think he's going to shoot lights out uh, tonight. Real quick, you want to win tickets, Hawkeye fans? Wait, not to be a Hawkeye fan, but you want to win tickets, see Illinois, Iowa, go to the Miller & Condon Twitter page. You have to use the hashtag Fuller Dental to be eligible. Total Yards, uh, Minnesota-Iowa game, closest without going over. You, That person, you will win tickets to Illinois Senior Day at Kinnick Stadium. It's a busy day, local radio-wise, here on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Murph and Andy, an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at three. Cyclone Fanatic Radio at six. And Hawkeye Nation Radio at seven. They get them all in? You nailed it, and I will be part of Hawkeye Nation again tonight. You and AD doing the show, are you? Yes, we are. Good stuff. Uh, Miller and Condon, thanks for being with us on 106.3.